Morning, everybody. Here we go again for the final time in 2022, Friday, December the 16th. So the countdown is on to Christmas, but my last show of the year. Thanks for joining us on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, wherever you're tuning in via the SEN app. As always, it's been a pleasure to have your company throughout the course of this year. Our forecast for Sydney Today, some showers around this morning, already a few early, but clearing later, tops of 22 in the city and 24 in the west. And the weekend ahead, well, pretty much the same. Some showers around for both Saturday and for Sunday. What's on the menu this morning? Cricket, football, the lot again. Uh, I'll catch up with Adam Collins up there in Brisbane, SEN Test Cricket commentator, all over it for the first test at the Gabba on Saturday. So tomorrow is day one. The odds are pretty much even. Well, they are even, in fact, for Australia and South Africa. I checked um, the latest odds just before I came on air and paying $1.90 each. So the bookies can't split them. I think it's going to be a fascinating series. No real news out of either camp at the moment. Obviously, we know what the Australians are doing there with Scotty Boland in, but the build-up will certainly ramp up over the next 24 hours. Former Socceroo Clint Bolton will join me. The World Cup final is just now three days away and can't split the odds there either. So the market looking at uh, favouritism for France and Argentina in this one. Uh, what kind of scoreline do we get? Both teams will have their full squads available when it comes to possible suspensions or anyone being ironed out. I'm going to get to that in a sec because it's quite fascinating. What is the legacy of Qatar 2022? So much controversy leading into it, so much drama at the start of it and throughout. It's like most things in the world of sport in particular that a lot of the drama and talk stops once the competition starts. And that was certainly the case for Australia with our run and how I've pointed out quite often how the Socceroos dealt with the whole human rights situation before they got over there and then... Um, stayed on the bus, on the Aussie Pride bus while they were there. Spirit, spirit, spirit. And they got the entire nation behind them and delivered on the field as well. But what is your legacy? What's your takeout of Qatar ahead of the third place playoff and the final? So two more matches to go. But obviously we are winding down from what has been a fairly spectacular World Cup, but also a very controversial one and certainly a very different one. Remember, the group stages change next year, the group matches, because there'll be more of them. So it'll be a different uh, next time, not next year, but it will be a different World Cup next time around. That leads us, obviously, to the A-League situation and the expected fan walkout across the weekend. There are reports this morning that the A-League grand final move was partly prompted by a shortfall in the TV broadcast revenue. So we know that the TV broadcast deal belongs in the hands of Paramount and Channel 10. Uh, and Paramount subscriptions is what it's all about there. So there are reports in the Sydney Morning Herald that there's a shortfall in that because the subscriptions didn't match up to the number that they thought they would get. There are a whole stack of reasons behind that. A whole stack of them. And that's one for discussion a little bit later on. However, this A-League grand final decision just will not go away. And when I play you Craig Goodwin in just a second and him explaining his reasons and why he came out and said, I, didn't, um, I, I don't back this, yet appeared in the promotional video, I mean, scratch your head on that, this will blow your mind. 
So let's just backtrack a little bit here. So when this decision was announced and put out, and you can find this video quite clearly, just jump online, you'll find it. It's a nice shiny promotional video, and it's all about the grand finals having a new home in Sydney, and everybody's backing it. And this is Craig Goodwin, one of the absolute out-and-out superstars off the back of the World Cup, appearing in this video. This is what he's had to say in the video. The biggest reason why these games are so important is because they're everything you dream of as a kid. Right, so he's used in the video, the biggest reason why these games are important is because it's what you dream of as a kid. Now, obviously he's talking about a grand final there, but he's not talking about the grand final in Sydney, and there's a reason why. And a lot of people, and you asked this question to me, well, if he didn't back it, then why appear in the video? Well, there's further explanation to that. At the airport yesterday, Craig Goodwin had this to say, and this was posted on Channel 10's Twitter account. So here comes the explanation. Unfortunately, this decision's been made. Only time will tell us to, to how it will go and, and to what we can do. Yeah, look, to be honest, when they were doing the filming, there was two questions that I was asked. One of them I refused to answer. And the other question was about what grand finals can do for Australian players. What, what impact can it have for Australian players and why is it important? The question was, why do you support this initiative by the APL and the DNSW? I didn't want to answer the question because as I voiced my opinion on social media, I, don't, I didn't support it and I believe that it's not in the best interest of the fans. I do feel that it real, will affect the atmosphere at the grand finals. If you get perhaps, say, us against Victory, we'll have maybe 10,000 going to support. Um, Victory might get a little bit more and then there's a bunch of neutrals in the stand that won't create the same atmosphere and the same passion as what we've seen at every grand final to date. So the question that he answered was around what can grand finals do for Australian players? And that's the one that they used in this video. The question that he refused to answer was why do you support this move for the grand finals to be played in Sydney and have a neutral venue? He refused to answer it when they were doing the filming because he doesn't support it. Yet they still used an answer around grand finals in a grand final promotional video announcing that the grand finals were going to be held in Sydney. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Talk about mismanaging this whole thing. Now, I've said front and centre, up, up and very, very clearly that when it comes to a business case on this one, I can see the reasons why. And I think that it is, it is on the part of the CEO of this organisation to look for other income streams, and that's what they've done here. And now there's talk that, there's been a shortfall in broadcast revenue, etc., etc. But the bottom line in this one is that at the moment that Australian football could have grasped the success out of the Socceroos at the World Cup and turboed itself into another stratosphere of support, they shot themselves in the foot. And they, not only that, but utilised one of the absolute superstars of Qatar and Craig Goodwin, knowing full well that he did not support the move for the grand finals to be used in Sydney, to the point where he refused to answer the question when they did the filming. Yet they still used an answer. Are they misrepresenting this bloke? Or do they just not get it? I think it's the latter. They clearly did not get this one, and that's just another example. Boy, oh boy, have they got some explaining further to do. Now, I don't support fan walkouts, and I support the league 
having its right to make business decisions like this. And I support the right of the CEO to be bold and risky and take a different approach. But you've got to know how to do it as well. And you've got to be able to read the room. And the room said football's flying in this country off the back of the Socceroos. The approach then went, let's use a Socceroo who clearly and vocally doesn't support this and we'll put him in the video anyway with an answer that he said on something completely different, which is what can grand finals do for Australian players? My, oh, my. What an absolute mess. Now, it is the final show of the year. I'll have my top sporting moments of 2022, so we'll pick our way through that. Not necessarily a top 10 countdown. Jimmy Smith and myself will do that on Christmas Day right here on SEN. But your top sporting moments, let's do a bit of reflecting out of an incredible year of sport. You can give me yours. What's your top sporting moments? doesn't have to be in any particular order, but what are the big ones? And we'll also do the top tips for the weekend of racing with SEN track analyst Chris Nelson, who had a shocker, really, with our last tips last weekend. So he's determined to break, <laughs> break even and bounce back. Now, at the FIFA World Cup, the change of yellow card rules for suspensions is quite interesting. If you've, if you've missed this one, well, it's worked, and it's worked for the finalists. So they updated the rules with the simple reason here to reduce the chances of a player missing the final. So yellow cards received in the group round of 16 and quarterfinal games result in a one-game ban for the following match. And in this instance, for one of our finalists, Argentina, Gonzalo Montiel and Marcos Acuna both missed the semi because of yellows for each in, the both, uh, in both the group stages and the quarters. So they missed out on the semi-finals because of the yellow cards previously. But the yellow card accumulation was then effectively wiped clean once you get to the semis. So Christian Romero and Nicolas Otamendi both received yellows in both the quarters and the semis, but are clear to play in the final because there's no accumulation point once you get to the semis. Argentina had two yellow cards in the group matches, eight yellow cards in that quarterfinal against Netherlands, two in the semifinal against Croatia, so a total of 12 yellows throughout the course of the tournament. France had one yellow in the group stage, one in the round of 16, three in the quarters against England, a total of four, five rather, yellow cards. But both Argentina and France avoided a red card in their semi-final, so therefore all players are available, which makes sense. So it's worked. The system that they put in place here of reducing the chances of a player missing the final has worked. And when you take a look at the accumulation factor, a total of 12 yellows for Argentina, some doubling up, a total of uh, five yellows for France throughout the tournament, but all players will be available in terms of that side, suspension side or non-suspension side for the final. Rugby league, meanwhile, Angus Crichton's free to play for the Roosters in the opening round because he could serve his World Cup suspension in the pre-season. Now, I've been speaking about this earlier on, so you probably know the details. That two-match ban for striking uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita with his elbow, and we know how he explained that thereafter. But he's going to avoid missing a premiership match because he can serve the one-match ban, because it was halved on appeal, in the preseason challenge. Meanwhile, players suspended in the NRL are required to serve their bans in premiership fixtures in the NRL. So it's a little bit all over the place, and we've discussed this time and time again. 
So I guess the bottom line here is is two questions for you. Should there be a blanket rule across the NRL, the International Rugby League, Origin? We know that they wanted to make sure, like in the World Cup, that players don't miss out on the big ones, the finals, the grand finals. And if if we can't have a blanket rule, if it's still going to be a little bit hodgepodge, what's the point of suspensions then? Should we just drop the whole suspension thing and go towards fines? Suspensions only for send-offs. Should we just change the whole reasoning behind it? Let me know your thoughts on that. 0457 736 736. BBL last night in Cairns. Melbourne Renegades beat the Brisbane Heat by 22 runs. So the Renegades 7 for 166, the Heat 6 for 144. But a bizarre dismissal that wasn't a dismissal. Nick Madison, he was given out in the ninth over because it looked as though as he went to play a shot, he stepped back on his wicket. The bales came off, the lights started flashing, you're gone, see you later, and Nick Madison's on his way. But not everything was as it seemed. This is how it played out on Fox. Sticky over the wicket, shorter, and pace was off. Oh, he's still on his stumps. Oh, no. What a shocking way to go as he pulled the ball to the leg side. You just heard the death rattle, and he's walked on his stumps. You wouldn't read about it. What happened there? Yeah, he's been... He he has not touched his stumps. I'll be able to review that, surely. Yeah, surely. So... He's not anywhere near his stumps. He hasn't... His leg hasn't hit the stumps. The ball was hit out to the leg side. No, that can't. Let's have a replay. Let's have a look at this. He top-edged it. The leg... He's nowhere near the stumps. No, no, that's There's going, a ghost. He's, he's going to be brought back in here. There's a ghost. The he's... off stump bail came off with nothing hitting it. And I think Nick Maddinson was even surprised as well. He's nowhere near the stumps and the bales just the zingers wow. just went up. That is that is something I've never seen before. <laughs> that was our BBL coverage here on SEN. So Sammy Hargraves and Liam Pickering uh commentating that just as dumbfounded as everybody else. He ended up staying so basically the bale just came off. It came off in the act of him playing the shot, but he was nowhere near the stumps. The ball was nowhere near the stumps. Nothing was near the stumps. And the stumps lit up and the bale flipped off. So he returns to the crease, stays another nine overs, puts on a career-best score of 87, has a 78-run partnership with Dre Russell and ends up with 10 fours, three sixes for his 87, and they get the win. It's one of the strangest things that you'll see happen in sports. So have you got any stranger for me? The old swarms of bees stopping cricket matches. We've seen a few of those. Plenty of animals stopping games. Alligators lurking around in um, PGA Tour golf. We've had the famous pig at full forward, which we've spoken about. The Super Bowl lights out between the Ravens v 49ers. Strange things that happen in sport. For our final show this morning, one 1170 or 0457 736 736. Tonight in the BBL We've got a doubleheader, the Melbourne Stars against the Hobart Hurricanes to be followed by the Thunder and the Adelaide Strikers. So we'll have full coverage of both of those matches and I'll be calling alongside the great Dougie Bollinger for the Sydney Thunder v Adelaide Strikers. The Thunder lost to the Melbourne Stars in their opener and the Strikers beat the Sydney Sixers by 55 runs on Wednesday. Adelaide Strikers uh, opener Matt Shorts and a, a pretty, pretty interesting story. Get this, in his first six seasons of BBL, he scored a total of 458 runs. Last season, he scored 493 in one season. So more than he did in the previous six seasons. Third most runs last year, including 26 sixes. And on Wednesday night, 
in the opener down there. He hit 84 off 53 balls. So the Sydney Thunder will be wary of Matt Short tonight. Out there at uh, the Sydney Showgrounds, Adelaide Strikers v Thunder from 8.15. And before that, full coverage of the Stars v Hobart Hurricanes. And at the Swimming World Short Course Championships overnight, um, a bit of, I don't know, some sort of weird synchronicity here. Kyle Chalmers won his first individual world championship title in the 100 free. Emma McKeon won her first individual world championship title in the 100 free. The old uh, love story. The old one. That's that's what it used to be. Um, but quite uh, quite bizarre, isn't it, to think that Kyle Chalmers, Olympic champion, gets his first individual world championship title all these years later. And Emma McKeon, who's been winning gold medals at major meets for fun, now has her first one as well. And she did it just outside Kate Campbell's world record time. And Kyle... Um, was dominant there. He's missed the last three world short courses because of injuries and poor health and Romanian teenager, the superstar in the making. And David Popovici finished fourth in that one. So we're looking for a whole range of things this morning. Your top sporting moment from 2022. If you've got something stranger than happened that has happened in sport than Nick Madison being given out for a weird bail that just decided to dislodge itself, you can let me know that one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six.